folks before we kick things off just want to take a moment and talk about Skunkfest. this year we actually have two different cities in three weekends so if you go to skunkfestatx.com you'll be able to check out the lineups the dates and locations first on the list is san antonio texas august 21st at fitzgerald's then right after that august 26th and 27th it kind of take it live here in austin texas and then a second weekend here in Austin at Empire Control Room on September 5th. Like I mentioned, if you'd like some more information on the lineup, locations, go to skunkfestatx.com. back to another episode of the Eclectic Soundtrack Podcast with Skunk and Vic. On today's podcast, we talked with Adrienne Connor. You probably know her from her 20-plus years of music in the Austin area with bands such as Adrienne and the Sickness. But did you know she also is the guitar player for an all-female ACDC tribute band called Hell's Bells? Her solo work is consistent and prolific. In 2019, Adrienne delivered a parody music video of Ozzy Osbourne's Bark at the Moon. 2020 actually gave her the time to release an EP called Hiss Kiss Hiss, dabbling in mixing electronic music with guitar rock. Since 2016, she's produced 12 of her own music videos for her various musical projects. down ever <laughs> just awkward silence i know staring I know. at each other for six seconds right now. <laughs> hello and welcome to eclectic soundtracks podcast with another awkward start with adrian connor hello adrian i am always on time or early and connor joins us here on the podcast tonight 
Adrian, I am a musician and I have no fucking idea when it's 7 p.m. or 9 p.m. Con- no, well, you wrote this down wrong and, and thought it was later. It doesn't really matter. Um, we're not. Uh, I, I apologize. We're not doing anything. I'm just giving you a hard time. How are you? I'm real good. And I'm that real- sounded convincing. I'm real good, I guess, whatever. <laughs> I, I'm real good. <laughs> I feel a little guilty because that's <laughs> what you're hearing in my voice. No, 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 no. It's totally cool. And honestly, like, I'm one of those, I'm a kind of a weird person. I know Vic's probably not like, Vic's got a military background. There's no fucking way in hell Vic's okay with tardiness. But I'm one of those people that's like, I'm annoyed if you're early. That's annoying to me. I'm like, God damn it. I said six o'clock. Don't show up at 545. You're fucking up my shit. Yeah, normally really early, but there's been always some kind of block with this. Like, I don't understand. Like the podcast? Like, yes. There was something in your gut telling you, like, I really shouldn't do this. This is a terrible idea. (laughs) This is bad for my career. (laughs) Well, I act, you know, and so, like, when you have a casting call, you, if you show up at call time, you're fucking late. You got to come, you know, half an hour. And those were, like, usually early, right? Like, in the morning? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Especially if you're like a big, you know, like nobody, you know what I mean? Like if you're just like a little background person. You got to be there real early. Just stand. And, then, and here's what I here's what I've learned about that. I mean, first of all, I was like, oh yeah, acting. I I feel like I mean, what? Who doesn't think they could like be a good actor, right? But like, I'm like, I think I could be a good actor until I start to like be around something that's funny and I can't stop laughing. I remember like doing a skit one time and I just could not like not laugh. But anywho. Um, and I was like, oh, yeah, all the call times, all the casting calls are like 6 a.m. Like, nah, I don't think I want to be an actor anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but that's I love morning. You always, like, go to, whenever you do these things, I mean, a casting call is different, I guess, but when you're, like, an extra on something, or when you're on a set, there are so much time that you're just standing around, like, eating refreshments and, like, doing nothing, right? Like, if you're lucky, they'll yeah. have, like, snacks, right? But, like, yeah. I've always felt like it's never like you just show up and get shit done. It's like, okay, we got to get started at... 8 a.m. and like at 2 p.m. you're finally shooting, right? Yes, or you're called to the set. Um, yeah, and then, but I just play, you know, Duolingo. So I just sit there and learn Spanish and that's you cool. know, try and make cool. it productive. So <laughs> you're very, uh, you're a Renaissance woman, like because you're known primarily for, you know, as a guitar player, front woman, Adrian Connor, and you were, you had. A, Actually, question here. So, Adrian and the Sickness, right, is a name that a lot of us know. And you had Adrian and the Sickness, but now you just do, you go by Adrian Connor. Is there a reason, like, you parted from that moniker? Um, kind of, yeah. A lot of people didn't like the name Adrian and the Sickness that were, like, professionals. And then the other reason was Heather left the band for a little bit. And it's like, well, I've read all the songs, mm-hmm. you know. And, and so, now she's back. Um, but I had already changed the band name. And um, so those two things together kind of put that. But it, it does sound more like a band situation, is which, which is what it is when you watch it. Um, but I am writing all the songs. It's not like it's a we all get together and write. I don't have time for people. No, <laughs> I, I don't want to wait for other people gotta... anymore. I'm fucking just like... I'll write the songs, you know, if you want to play along, that's great. <laughs> Here's the recording, learn it. <laughs> I like it. No, I, it's so true because it come, becomes a matter of practicality and trying to get people all together, especially when you, 
when you live in a big city and everyone lives a thousand miles apart and, and sometimes people don't even live in the same city and blah, blah, blah. But like, um, yeah, so I mean, you're like the John Fogarty, right? And you just do everything and one day <laughs> you'll get sued by someone for playing your own song. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But that would have to mean that it actually made some money. And so that would be like, that part would be a dream come true. I would, yeah. I would love it. I would be like, man, I'm getting, like, I must have been successful. Go ahead and sue me. You know, like, at that <laughs> point, you can afford lawyers. So, yeah. the, the, uh, so Adrian and the Sickness was what you started as. I mean, Adrian Connor, how long has that been running? Like that, your personal band with your original music? Oh, since 2000. I put out like a CD. I started making a CD in 2000, just called Adrian. And, um, it took two years. I put it out in 2002. And um, and then I did the Adrian and the Sickness albums. And we did, for, you know, the first release, 2005. And then the final release was 2014, Be Your Own Savior. So I think there was, there was an album in 2000. I mean, sorry, 2004. So that's 10 years. So 2004, there was an album. 2006, there was an album. 2007, there was an album. Then we did like a, a little, oh yeah, then we did BFD, uh, so in 2009, then we did a little seven inch single vinyl, and then uh, and then Be Your Own Savior, so six albums in 10 years. I try to put out, you know, I try to keep putting out music, you know, writing and stuff, so. Yeah, no, it's impressive. Um, and for how long you've also been doing Hell's Bells, which has toured nationally and maybe internationally too. I'm not sure, but yeah. how long has that band been happening? And tell us about that. I got in the band in 2001, September. The band uh, started in 2000, and I tried out for that um, original lineup, but they, the I didn't get in. Um, and yeah, so now... <clears throat> It's my business, <laughs> and I manage all the people, and um, so it's, a real, it's been a real crazy ride, and uh, interesting, um, you know, uh, I guess, you know, it, yeah, I mean, considering how many people have, have come and gone, and, and now that I'm, like, the, you know, owner of that band and manager, <laughs> which I've been managing it since. Um, probably like 2012, 13. Um, but now it's like, and it was kind of an unofficial, you know, I'm just seeing all these jobs that can get done and I'm doing them, you know what I mean? And then, um, and at the same time, our agent slash manager at the time, she was training me on booking and, and stuff like that. Uh, <clears throat> so that was, you know, super invaluable. And yeah, and so once the pandemic hit, the band just imploded. Um, I think we had that we had that same lineup for um, seven. I, th I think Amber came out in 2010, and then um, so we had that we had the you know changing the singers is always so fucking hard, <laughs> but it's yeah. So um, the band imploded, and I just took the time for the pandemic to retool it and. I mean, it's amazing, but I found a good 
combo of women. <laughs> and so we're still playing. It's fucking awesome. That's I mean, awesome. I wouldn't quit. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a very successful band, and it's been my you know main source of income since 2001. And I mean, it, it'd be one thing if the show's less and less people were coming and, you know, and when, when, the, when the band, you know, broke up, but it's not. <laughs> so it's like, well, I'm not done, you know, I don't know what y'all's deal is, mm. if you, you know, but I'm not done doing this. This is really fun. <laughs> and well, I mean, and you're, and you're an iconic, uh, you know, member of that band being, playing the Angus role, you know, of ACDC. It's like, that's, so you, it's not like, um, not, I mean, not to say that you couldn't be like uh, the drummer or the Malcolm Young of it and not run the whole show, but it is kind of like you're kind of like as much a face as a singer of that particular band for that reason. It's so iconic, right? Um, but so that band, wasn't that originally in Seattle or was that where mm -hmm. it was originally and all the, the girls? So are, are these women now from Austria <coughs> or, or, or spread all about or what, what's the story there? Um, spread all about and the story, we actually have been spread all about since, um, I was, since 2002, I moved here and that completely changed the way we did business. Are you from um, Seattle? Were you there originally or what? Yeah. Yeah. I'm from Seattle oh, area, okay, cool. but I didn't see, um, a future for my original music there. I was like, this isn't, this, I don't fit in here. <laughs> I'm not friends with the right people. It's super clicky there. I mean, every place has a little bit of click, but I mean, it's damn near impossible to establish anything, you know what I mean, to do any kind of, and so down here, it's a little more, there's a little bit more camaraderie um, among each other, and, uh, and um, it just, you know, people, there's a culture of people going out and being social, so you've got that working for you too, for your original stuff. But yeah, so um, the girls that are in the band now, the singer lives in Vegas. The drummer is moving back to Seattle. Um, uh, the rhythm guitar player lives in Seattle. Bass player lives in Sacramento. And I live here. We were just, uh, before you came on, Vic and I were just talking about the whole Pacific Northwest, and I love it out there. I've been going to San Francisco more and more, and like uh, in Sacramento, and I'll, I'd love to put together some stuff out there. Um, and uh, just uh, there's all there's a lot of cool things happening there. And it sounds like half your band's out there. So whenever I do Skunk, Skunk Fest San Francisco, Hell's Bell's gonna have to come play. <laughs> okay. Ten bucks. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I'm sure you guys have a price tag. It's not like, woohoo, we're going to go do this for fun. Uh, how's yeah. Vegas? Have you played Vegas a lot? I've been here in Vegas. Is uh really happening lately? Um, we, Hellsville has done a couple, a few privates there, but we've never been like a, um, you know, a show. You know what I mean? Like, we've never been put on or hired by a, a production company, like a big, and done like a several night thing, which I would totally be into doing. Um, because, you know, what's difficult about Hell's Bells is, and I, I, I don't know, yeah, what's difficult, you can do it on the weekends, but you can't do it, you know, Thursday through fucking Sunday. I mean, unless it's a casino or, you know, right. some kind of special of it. So you can't, like, you can't just, yeah, I mean, we have 
it, it, that kind of show is a weekend type thing. So part of the Rubik's Cube in booking is, you know, figuring out how to afford to play. Because <laughs> yeah, you, you only get Friday, Saturday. You got to fly in. You got to get the gear. You got to have the, the, you know, afford the ground transportation or whatever and hotel and all that, you know. So it's, it's some, it's, you know, some work. Whereas like in an original band, you can get in a van and tour and play seven nights a week. And if you're popular, you know, you can play seven nights a week. If you're not popular, that sucks, but you got to keep, you got to try and find places to still play. play seven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Still play seven nights a week for no money for nobody. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> part of the DIY experience. Try um, and cover that gas for the day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and you've toured a bunch. I mean, have you been, uh, until the pandemic, have you been consistently touring as long as you've been consistently playing in these bands? Did you hit the road? I mean, with a band like Hell's Bells, I'm pretty sure that that was right off the, you know, moving. But with Adrian and the sickness and stuff, did you try to get on the road pretty quick, early 2000s? Or how'd that, how'd that work? Uh, we toured in uh, 2004. I, anytime we, <coughs> I put out an album... I did a little tour, like a two-week tour, um, and definitely back in 2004 and 2006, it, the people were going out more, it, it, just in general, it, mm-hmm. in the places that we were playing, and I find that it's harder and harder. Like, it is really difficult to, like, I did that 2014 tour with the Be Your Own Savior. That was fucking tragic i mean <laughs> we went to the east i tried to do the east which uh, i don't have like a lot of juice over there and i mean there was maybe i think there was one gig that had people at it and every other one was like nobody's here this is like a waste of my fucking time wow. yeah, yeah and then we did the west coast and that went a lot better because that's kind of where i go but but still like we got one bad ass show where i, I got to open for Brody dolly in front of a sold out crowd and that was great you know what I mean and I sold merch and people liked it the thing about that that needs to happen for you to build like an audience and build a career of like touring in the U.S. you need a show like that every fucking night of the week (laughs) it's like you can't you know what I mean so it's you know real difficult I guess you just really got to ask yourself you know what am I doing and why am I doing this and and like, I really loved that the pandemic brought around this whole tipping culture and the performing, uh, you know, because I would much rather play here mm-hmm. in front of 10 people than get in my fucking car and drive hundreds of miles. That's a good point. All day long to play yeah. to 10 people. Shit. Yeah, you know, what, a great, what a great point, you know, about, about, and I mean, when you're a musician, like people, I, I think it's, you got to. For me, it's like, I don't want to sound like I'm all like crotchety and jaded, but it's a practical thing. You're going like, no, like from a practical, I would love to just go play all over the place and, and have a good old grand old time. But it doesn't make sense, like you said, when you're doing a tour like that and you get like one show on the tour that's worth your while in terms of monetarily, you know, so if you can't do that and make money or and especially not lose, you know, at least, you know, break even for, for crying out loud, it's like. What's the point? Like you said, when you can sit here and literally play for the same amount of people. And it's funny, like, because you say that and you're like, golly, only 10 people are watching. But you're right. It's like, but 10 people are watching and maybe they'll tip me. And I didn't have to 
leave my house, spend time, spend money, and do all these things to drive to freaking some other city to play for 10 people. <laughs> yeah. The really only drawback money. is, yeah, the only drawback is when you go out and play, you do sell more, you know, of your CDs and your T-shirts because the whole reason why people are buying those things they don't really want your CD. They just want to come and talk that, to you. That's the whole reason that you even make CDs anymore. And that's the whole reason I even like would do, anybody would even do it. Right. And because when you play shows, there's that kind of magical in the moment nostalgia, you know, and people want a souvenir or whatever, and they're excited and everyone's in the moment. And, and you can have those nights when you do really great with merch sales where you're right. No one's going to be like, Oh, I just loved your live stream. And I'm going to go buy your CD right now. You know I mean? Maybe. Yeah. Highly <laughs> very rare case, right? Where you could sell more CDs in one show for 20 people, right. Than you would for a live, you know, live streaming for six months. So you're right about that. I think the impulse merch stuff is a big percentage of where money is and can be even for a, a, a DIY band like that and it's not something you get from a live stream and the interaction of a crowd and you're a great performer so it's like you doing all the things that you do in a live setting is just awesome to watch and I'm pretty sure you're you're probably not rolling around on your floor you know in your live stream I mean maybe I don't know <laughs> no I I'm, in fact I just stood up last night for like the first time I was like I'm gonna yeah. stand up tonight and at, like the whole time, usually I sit and I'll stand up for like a minute and play and get closer to the camera and sit down. But the last night I stood the whole time and that was all right. I mean, yeah, after I got done, I was like, ow, my feet hurt. <laughs> oh, I was so jacked up. Like I played the first show I had for over a year in early April. And it was like, man, I got off stage. I had a headache. That's <laughs> just my voice. I mean, I was like, wow. Like it's one thing to like just go in the studio and do some vocals or to sing acoustically. But I was, I, it's been so long since I've gone a full-blown rock show, you know, 45 minutes or whatever. And I was just like, oh, fuck, I am out of shape, man. <laughs> yeah. It's a different thing for sure. Well, I'm hoping, too, that, I mean, I say this on, like, every podcast, but who knows? I mean, because you're right. It's just it's a different world. And now from the pandemic, it's been forced even more to that. We've become even more comfortable with communicating with each other like this, not in a personal setting. The, the you know musicians doing live streams which is great all the youtube and all the different things that people can watch things on where you don't ha have to go out right and some people don't want to go out but hopefully like when things are getting back to normal which they are and people start playing again we can only hope right that a lot of these people that are and so all of us and so many people that are like i miss live music so much and oh my gosh and that they'll take things for granted. Well, hopefully people will start coming back out in big numbers and like really want to support. I don't know if that'll happen or not, but yeah, it's a nice, a nice thought to think like maybe we'll get a little window of some real spe of some special moments at shows. I don't know. We got to play the dead horse out in San Angelo in the end of March and people came out. I was like, Oh my God. It's <laughs> 2006 again. This feels yeah. great. Yeah, it was cool. And granted, we we're like, you know, what, how how many years ago? Yeah, like ten or fifteen years older. And that, like, some people were coming. They're like, I used to come see you when I was a little kid. And yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that, that kind of hacked me off. I kind of at the beginning of the pandemic when uh, you know everybody suddenly is like, you know, oh no live music. Oh, I miss live music. Here, and I'm speaking about Austin because, um, you know, I'm lucky enough to where I get to go 
and and play gigs and make money and come home and then I'll go out during the week and so some of my favorite nights of the week to go out and watch bands and drink is like Tuesday Wednesday mm-hmm. and uh, and usually not Thursday because I have to fly uh, but so you know I'm going out you know and seeing bands and stuff pretty regularly before the pandemic in in 2019 and. I just, you know, watch all these buildings go up around the clubs that I like to go to, like, you know, the Saxon, One to One, Continental, you know, and Sea Boys, you know, and you go and you see most of the bands that play there are world-class musicians. I mean, they're, you know, it's not like they're not good at all, you know, and I just, you know, when people were like, oh, no, live music and and we can't go see live music. It's like none of y'all were going to see live music before the pandemic. So what the fuck? I mean, you had your fucking chance to support us. So and fucking you did. true. Yeah, so true. <laughs> I had to curse. It made me mad. Yeah, it's, it's true. Like it's exactly. And so it makes me wonder if, like, money in the mouth. And we know we know certain people that are they're God bless them. They come to show. They they love it, and they they really put their money where their mouth is, and they show up at shows and they support, and they're they're great. And as musicians, like, they're just, like, you know, you're so great. But, like, yeah, so many people, oh, man, this sucks. And, I, and then it's like, hey, here we are, a year and a half later, big show. Oh, sorry, bro. Uh, what, uh, yeah. When was it? Uh, I didn't have any gas money or whatever, right? It's just like, <laughs> fuck you, man. <laughs> yeah. No, and I would go out, you know, I just see these clubs, you know, and I'm out, and I'm like, the same amount of people are in this club that was, like, he, it, when I first moved here, and yet there's like the the, the population is like you know I know yeah exploded yeah. and it's just like the you know why I just don't understand how I wish live music was just more important to people in general uh, and part of you know like especially the people that are moving here you know like I wish that 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 was something that was more essential to their uh, social lives <laughs> than it's, you know, than it is. So. That was the thing. I mean, I feel like there was a window in time, right, of like, ap- you know, from, I mean, I guess you had things prior in the roaring 20s and the whatever, and then, but it seems like once the 50s came and rock and roll started happening and in the 60s and that changed everything in the 70s and 80s and it seemed like all through those decades into the 90s, right? Like, that was the thing. Like, you went and saw concerts, and you had bands, and you went to the record store, and you bought albums, and it was just, like, this magical, amazing, cool thing. And then the Internet happened, and you know, over the last 20, you know, 25 years, it's kind of just diminished and seemingly just continues to diminish. Like it, and, and that's the thing. It's like, yeah, people still go to shows. They still go to shows to see the bands they've been listening to for 30 years. Of course, everyone's going to go see Metallica. Yeah. <laughs> But I feel yeah. like as a as an up and coming band, it's even when I see like young bands that kick ass, you know, it's just like it's got to be harder. And you know, I mean, it's it's kind of weird because on the one hand, you got all this social media stuff, and you can put yourself out there in so many ways, and everybody can self release, and you don't need label, and you don't need all this. But on the other hand, it's like so does everyone else, and what's setting you apart, and what's getting you out there, and like you said, you can go play a venue and it's like once upon a time even if you were just a just a band playing a random venue it seems like there'd be a crowd you knew you're gonna play and now it's like that's another thing a weird thing to me i see a lot of bands do this and they and i mean if you're a hobbyist and you want to do it for fun that's fine but 
to just go out and play the same sort of you know circle of local and regional gigs with where you're not seeing any sort of growth and it's just like well we're playing for our you know a girlfriend and a bartender again it just seems kind of why like you said why am i doing yeah. this you know and i don't want me to sound like i don't like playing because i love playing but i like to play for a yeah. crowd and have the energy of a crowd and the connection with people you know like that's the whole thing that makes it cool yeah not that i'll still perform for you know two people like i'll still go out there and do it like you or anybody else but i mean yeah it's such a huge difference when you're like all oh, right you know get the energy of like feeling like something's happening and everybody's into it you know yeah yeah no yeah i mean sometimes i have to perform just to perform you know what i mean like i've, mm -hmm. I've just got to get on stage and play i have to you know no matter what happens i've got i've got to but that's what i love about the live streaming thing it's like that pressure comes in and i'm performing and i'm getting better at performing and and so that, 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 so true like yeah it's like i was saying about the playing that show and then I did a live stream and I've only done like one like a year ago and I was like all, all of a sudden I was like oh my god <laughs> like, I don't know any songs anymore <laughs> like, yeah. trying to like cram in some song and it's I don't it's something so I don't it's me right some people can just be like let me play you a song and pick up their guitar and they just want to play a song I'm not really like that like I played guitar a lot and you know I'm a a musician that can do all these things but i don't really sit around like playing songs maybe that sounds weird but that forces me to like and i think i need that at least someone like me it's because it makes you so i think it's uh, awesome that i see musicians that are doing these live streams because for no other reason like you said it keeps you on your game right it keeps you playing it keeps you singing it keeps yeah. you, it keeps all those muscles engaged and all these things otherwise it kind of slips away and then you're flying by the seat of your pants so that's and you're probably it's a way to make something, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. Not that many people watch me, but they, the people that do, find value in it and tip me, and it's like, that's awesome. yeah. you, you know, helping me pay my bills and keeping the music going, keep me writing. There's no way, had I not been making my living with Hell's Bells, there's no way I could have put out as many albums as I put out. I think I put out like thirteen or something. Well, I don't know different projects. Yeah, now I'm doing um, singles uh, and experimenting with that. Um, so I've got, I released a single just this last April because it, it was very um, with the times, you know what I mean? It was with the social, just, social justice, racial justice, and, and I teamed up with Sonia Javette and did that. And I felt like we got to get this out because this is a conversation that's happening right now. Right, right. So, but I have another one that's ready to go. You know, I just need to make a, I want to make a visual aspect for it, you know, like a video. Um, I was looking at that on your website and you've done self-produced a lot of your videos or all of your videos, uh, at least in recent years, right? Is, are you like that with the albums too? Are you working in other studios? Do you have a home studio? How does that yeah, work? Yeah, I, mean, I just record here. The only thing, I, I hired a drummer, this guy, his name's Chris Stromquist. He's fucking so good. And um, he gets my thing. And, you know, I send my song ideas and he makes it, you know, he does what he's supposed to do. Uh, yeah, and so he has his home studio and so he'll send me the, the um, you know, the stems of his set. And then I'll go in and, and edit. And then, yeah, I pretty much build everything here at my house. 
uh, I have to contend with that that traffic out there. So I have this little room in here, and I bought a. You have to try and make sure there's not like a lot of traffic outside, and then you know. So I'll do my vocals in this like thing mm. with a, a storage blanket to kind of muffle the sound. That does okay. Yeah, and I just record everything here. I, I, it's just so much easier now to. I went to school for sound, and I don't oh, need really? to. Yeah, I don't need to spend. 45, 70, whatever dollars an hour to go work in the studio. But if, but I do recommend that for the drums. Like, you cannot fuck around. If you're the playing rock and roll. Yeah, yeah. The drums are the <laughs> one thing you really want a room and a drummer and the whole big thing, for sure. Yeah, you want to pay for that. That's important. But everything else you can do at your house. Yeah, nowadays yeah. especially. Well, are you doing, like, and do you still do, like, true amp? You strike me as more of the, with the... The Gibson Marshall thing, the ACDC thing, do you still do like microphone on a cabinet or do you go yeah. digital plug stuff or no, you still track that way? Um, I do usually three inputs. I'll do one direct with this atomic amplifier box and then yeah, I'll, I'll mic, I'll close mic and room mic um, the Marshall. You know what I mean? Have something, one close mic up and then like, you know, three feet away. You have like a, is it like a four by 12 cab or what? So um, I do, um, but I keep that out in the storage, out in my storage, because I have like a little JCM 600 where the amp part doesn't really work, but the speakers still work. So right. I just go through that. They're two twelve, two twelves. Yeah, what's and your so head? Just, huh? What's your head? Oh yeah, the, it's a nine hundred. A nine hundred, okay. And yeah. then you play? Do you play Gibson pretty exclusively? Like you're always playing an SG, obviously, with the. Um, Hell's Bells, I think you play an SG live though too, like with Adrian, right? Um, sometimes I started, these guys, Taya gave me um, this guitar, and so I've actually been using this more often uh, for the original stuff. What is and that? Is that a, what kind of guitar is that? Is it Gibson? No, it's a Taya. T -E -Y. Oh, it's called a Taya. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. It's got a real nice warm sound. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I've been using this, and it's pretty. People like the way, cool. like all that metal look. So I've been using that. I'm gonna close my blinds really quick. This is bright light. I don't want people to see it. <laughs> I don't like people seeing what I'm doing. <laughs> I see you got a fender over there too, with a, yep, with a maple um, neck. Yep, I used that for a couple of songs. Um, the EP. I put out last a year ago has a song where it's all like the you know the dive bombs you know what I mean so I have to use the ah right yeah yeah that. <laughs> it's fun it's <laughs> addicting yeah um, yeah so I've got like a whole um, you know, all this stuff that I do now to perform by myself. I use a lot of Ableton and lots of loops. Cool. Yeah. And, uh, I need to get with the program on that Ableton business. And, uh, it's all right. Uh, I, try, I keep trying to use it as like a DJ type situation, but it's really not built for that. Mm. Um, so I, anyway, I'm trying to figure out how to get some 
better like now i'm working on transitions and like trying to find different ways to segue through my songs and i need to get some other stuff i think but i don't know what is your uh <laughs> what is your i was asked what's your daw what do you use for recording logic okay and then i'll grab sounds from ableton and and because ableton is fun to pitch stuff and slow stuff down or speed it up and and uh that's it's real easy to, i mean you can do the same stuff with logic it's just it's just easier in ableton but there's like a lot of people build you know their songs and recording sessions in ableton i don't know how to do that like i'm mm -hmm. i logic works fine for me so well once you get comfortable with something logic <laughs> is the oldest one i used was logic 20 years ago and uh it's i just remember it being really really easy um, in terms of like the functionality of like, or you know what I mean, to to build a song, to put a song together, it was like designed in a way that made that real simple. I think to that I remember, and I know I mean Logic's a pretty popular program. A lot of people use it. I'm assuming yeah. well, it's Mac only nowadays, isn't it? So you're running off some kind of Mac, I, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But I like to I like that I have Ableton and uh, like the beat that I put in this last single was a, you know, a beat I created in Ableton. And I learned, you know, how to use Ultra Beat and stuff, but it it is a little more complicated, whereas Ableton makes the, the beats, you can make them a lot quicker. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, it's not so like, what is all this? <laughs> Ultra Beat is kind of too much, a little bit. But I've, no. I've been using Superior Drummer for years, and that's been pretty pretty solid program oh i don't even know what that is oh, yeah superior drummer is pretty killer it's from easy what do they call it? what's that company called easy T tune tracks or something whatever that was a great sales pitch on my or from somebody <laughs> makes it i don't know who it's been mentioned yeah, a couple of times great, too right other what, folks use what's it. that so other folks have used it like they've been on the podcast yeah well i mean it's like one of those things where you know you just drag and drop a little thing and uh i mean you can sit there and like program the midi right or, you know, I've got an electronic drum kit, which I can play kind of, and then I just go in there and, you know, cheat and fix everything, right? But it's like, uh, so you can do that and you can, uh, but they, what's the cool thing is they've got all these little things with like preset grooves of drummers playing, you know, all this kind of stuff. So you can find something that kind of fits the vibe, plop it in, and then go in and put your kick snares where you want and adjust. And, but there's a lot of like, anyway, it's, you can like, crank something out pretty quick. I've done a lot of demos real fast with that program. But I'm sure Ableton, you can probably do all the same kind of stuff. I, I've, I've seen people working with Ableton, but I'm yet to like get it and mess with it personally. What about your um, pre's? What do you got? What do you, or your interface, what do you use? What do you mean? Like, what do you plug into <laughs> to record like uh, my, your vocal? Like, well, yeah, what do oh, you use? Oh, focus, right? Focus right. Oh, do you have the Scarlet or? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we all have the Scarlet. Eight <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. I love it. Cool. Um, yeah. Vic, what do you got? I don't love the the back though. I don't love the back and how you know you got these other inputs, but it's like fixed input. That's what? How? How is that fucking useful? That's not fucking useful. I'll tell you what I hate about everything nowadays. They don't have freaking USB for anything. They've just got this, uh, the new Thunderbolt, which is fine. But you know what? I had to get the, the one I got was the eight. No, what is it? The, 
the six. No, the eight one six or IA six or whatever. But the whole reason why is so I could actually use a real an old school MIDI cable to oh. go run my keys out of. Like so many of these things don't. Remember this, Vic, when I was shopping around. That's right. Yeah. Because you were looking at the you were looking at the two one two, and I think it starts with the four one four, where it has yeah, the MIDI inputs. What, yeah. And then of course I was like, ah, oh, well, I mean, it's not that big of a deal, but I was like, oh, I only really need two inputs. Yeah. And now I'm just like, I mean, it's fine, but this is how like I'm just being lazy. I'm like, well, it'd be nice if I could just leave my microphone in one, guitar in one, keyboard left, right, in one. <laughs> Never have to touch the cable. I just have a mic that I need to plug into for for voice stuff, so. It's like being a singer. You just get to be lazy. You're like, oh, my mic's plugged in. Is everybody else ready? <laughs> yeah. Singers are the worst. See, you're a front room woman, but you play guitar, and you do all this other shit, right? And I do the same thing. It's like I sing, but I play guitar. We got all these things. To do. These singers, man, they have no idea. They just get up there with their little microphone, and they're like, is everybody ready? <laughs> Can you imagine? That would be... Asshole. <laughs> everybody's so carrying awesome. their gear in and he just has a little microphone little bag with the microphone in it go why isn't everybody fucking grow grab a drum shut up <laughs> gold plated microphone you know I, I would love to, singers on this episode i would love to be hired to be uh you like the stand-in singer for one of the have you for the b52s tribute band that's here they're called like rock lobster or something i'm like yeah god that'd be awesome and i just show up with my fucking microphone. <laughs> I know all the, the words of all the fucking songs. Like, that's the dream. That yeah, that's the dream. It's like, and I could do either one. I could do either one. I, I could be Cindy or Kate. You heard it I here, folks. Folks? You, you, <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Y'all, if anybody gets sick in that van, just call me up. I'll come and sing. Rock Lobster. Now I'm really... Is that what they're called? Wait, Something Rock Lobster? Like that's that. the lyric, right? Yeah, I forget. I don't... Oh, no, that's a song. I feel like there. that's not quite the name, but it's something like that. It, may, it would make sense, though, for that to be the name, yeah. Yeah. Well, what other projects are you in? Hell's Bells, Adrian, Connor, your own music. I mean, you, you were saying you were done some collaborations and some other albums, uh, other projects? I like to collaborate, yeah. And I did do... I did put out an album called Beauchevaux. And I would, it was a band I did with Clementine from Zeparella. Um, she's the drummer in that band. And, but she wanted to sing, and she's a beautiful writer. I mean, she's just, she's just like such a great writer. Um, and so we made this album. I'll show it to you. And uh, we put it out in 2016. It's fucking so good, but we don't play together anymore. So that it sucks because you know, like this album should be, we should be like beating the street with it, and like you know, and it's like I know what you mean, right? It's like killer, but but there's no band to play it, right? But it's cool that you did yeah. it though. At least you got like, created some cool music, and on it, vinyl, so that's cool. Yeah, it really opened. I play bass and and sing backup and do the guitar, and that was we collaborated on the songwriting. She wanted to do the singing. That was really important to her, so. She's mostly singing on that. We do a couple harmony songs, but um, but she did all the lyrics, and it was really fun. That's what kicked off my uh, my uh, excitement to collaborate with people um, because that went so well. You know what I mean? It was just like she would send her idea, and I would send my idea back, and, and it would help chisel out. 
because she would send like over a melody, but you, she's not like the greatest singer in the world. So you couldn't really tell what her melody was. So it left it open for me to put these like chord progressions in, you know what I mean? It was kind of open. I'm like, well, maybe she's, and then it would define her melody better. And it, it just really like turned out to be a really cool, I never knew it was going to sound like as, you know what I mean? When the songs came, I didn't know they were going to sound how they did at the end. It was like, wow, this really turned into like something just really magical and cool. But yeah, the downside is we all play together, so. Yeah. But so I mean, I guess from a creative standpoint, right, differently because with you and your own music, you kind of have a concept when you're writing a song of what you want that song to be, where it's going, especially if you're d doing it all yourself. And I feel like it's an interesting thing because on the one hand, a lot of times I like to do that because then you, you know what you want. <coughs> bless you, I guess. And you don't have to, I don't know, what do you say if someone coughs? Is that a, is don't cough. Still appropriate? <laughs> Stop coughing on my podcast, goddammit. <laughs> <coughs> mute, mute. God, she's so rude, Vic. How dare she come on here and die? This is ridiculous. I had the COVID. Uh-oh, the COVID. Oh. You know it's bad when someone puts the in front of it. Hey, did you really, or do you, or you don't, don't right now, you wouldn't be talking to us. Did you have the, the COVID? That's, that, that's part of the COVID, the end of it, yeah. Oh, Wait a minute. The residual. Vaccine COVID. You actually got COVID now? Mm -hmm. After all this time, and this is the first time you've gotten it? Yeah. What the hell happened? Are you going to get vaccinated? I got my first vax. My next vax is on the 10th, and I'm not looking forward to that. But so you got uh, COVID in between your vaccinations? Yeah. Wow. Well, I think I had it before I got the vaccination. Like, I think I got it in Alaska because Hell's Bells went and we played oh, Alaska. And it was a fucking free-for-all. I mean, there was no, you know what I mean? fuck. <laughs> But nobody else got it, and um, but yeah, and I just came home that Sunday. Um, they opened up those Karen's COVID whatever appointments, and I grabbed one. And so I went on Monday, and I guess, uh, and then you know, like the, I had the vaccine reaction for forty-eight hours, and then it turned into COVID. Right. So coming off the first vaccine, did you get the residuals of that? Did you feel? lousy from that and then it just no he didn't have any issues no yeah no no it was oh. terrible yeah, oh, yeah no i had fever and that fever never ended until uh like last week <laughs> last week so yeah it, it it's not it was it was really difficult i i felt like i i just was like i don't think this doesn't feel like it's ever gonna end like the fever just would not wow. You know, now that I think about it, I think I saw that you had a post that had said something like, sorry, but can't do a live stream tonight or something. And But I didn't realize, I guess maybe that was COVID-related, huh? That, well, according to the contact tracer, that was the vaccine reaction. So it was still like 48 hours after the vaccine. But you're if you're still having symptoms beyond that, that's not, the va those symptoms shouldn't go beyond like 48 hours after you get maybe even 36. So it just right. kind of like, I must have had COVID, went through the vaccine reaction. Then I noticed that my taste and smell was gone like on the 22nd oh. or the oh, wow. 23rd. And then, um, and it just kind of like turned in this morphing situation. Oh. Yeah. And I just, and then, so I only had the never ending fever 
and then I developed that cough. And that's nagging, it. lingering, dry cough. Is that what it is? It is. It's productive, and there's sometimes there there's um, like I had to go to the. Sometimes there's red in it. Yeah. Not anymore, but which would be blood. Um, uh, but not anymore. But anyway, yeah, uh, it sucked and it was terrible. And it's a good thing I'm healthy. Because yeah, yeah it's scary. Because I mean, yeah. you know, a lot of people are. 30 40 whatever you're like can happen you know so well glad to hear you're feeling better what what was the uh, did you get moderna or pfizer pfizer no vic you're still unvaccinated right no i've got both you did yeah holy shit what'd you get pfizer yeah. man what'd you guys you? are both got i'm gonna live me because i got johnson and johnson <laughs> you got blood oh, clots forming right now you yeah, have weird shits happening in my body as we speak <laughs> what isn't that the best one to get? Is not. Is it? Who told you that? I don't, well, they I don't pulled know. it off. They they pulled it off the market briefly, or I think it's back now. But because there was uh, a few deaths, I think some deaths, a very 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 small percentage when you compare how many you know people actually dying from the the virus, but like uh, from blood clots. But I think it was only in, in women of, at a particular age uh, range or something. But uh, I that it fucked me up though. Damn, it was not pleasant at all like for 48 yeah, hours no it, well i the night of it, it like i got it in the day and then the night of it just like i woke up just i could barely move muscle tightness everywhere sweating mm. fever just yeah. fatigued jacked up that happened on my second the shot day i was super fatigued fever all day and then by the next by that night i started coming around i think i think we actually had a podcast that night, the second night, Vic, and I was just kind of like wiped out, but still able to function. Ah. But that, that first, because I got it on a Wednesday and it kicks my ass. But you had the same thing, Vic? Like it, I got, uh, yeah. So I got me and, my, me and my brother went at the same time, right? So we both got our first doses and we felt fine. No, no reactions or anything, just a sore arm. And then we had the second one on the 19th. So, you know, a few weeks ago. And, uh, Nothing happened to my brother, but like me, I I kind of got a little, um, my body started to ache a little bit, like a few hours afterwards. I just kind of felt, you know, just dragging ass, but I just figured that was just work. Oh, didn't you go do jujitsu or something? I did, yeah, and I felt great. <laughs> yeah, I went I went to class, uh, did a did a like an hour and a half session, and the only freaky thing is that my feet were really cold, but I felt great <laughs> afterwards, and I was like, oh, man, I got this beat. You know, went home, went to bed. I'm a badass. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, that night I got, you know, like muscle aches and chills. And uh, and then, you know, Tuesday, I just I just kind of stayed in bed and watched Ozark, you know, and just couldn't really. I was just tired, but I couldn't sleep. And then Wednesday, by Tuesday night, it, I was feeling better. Wednesday, I still took it easy. Like I missed, I missed, I didn't go to class that day. But, uh, but then I went Friday and I made it up, you know, so I took a couple extra classes but uh yeah that was it for me but that was on the second shot first shot was wasn't shit so which is weird right because like and that seems to be the case for most people but i've also met a few people who got their first shot and it got shot so it's just seems yeah different. yeah I, I, yeah one of the guys at the at the gym you got fucked from shot one all the way to shot two <laughs> <laughs> not laughing at you i'm, I'm laughing with you but I'm not. That's oh, she hasn't got shot two yet, right? Just the first one. Too. Okay. I don't listen very well. <laughs> Correct. 
Yeah, but I mean, everybody in my family got the second shot and like headaches mostly. I was yeah. the only one that kind of got sick. My sister-in-law got a little sick, but um, I've had more headaches lately than I have in a long time, and it makes me allergies are messing with me now. But maybe that's it. So I, yeah. I, I, like I want to just blame it on the shot. My, but I also don't because my throat's a little I sore. But I was getting choked out the other night at class. So. Well, <laughs> it's all these elements. You don't know what it could be. It could be a jujitsu residual. It could be a shot. I've been relatively anyway. healthy, so. Adrian. Yeah. Vic brought up Ozark. We always talk about like Netflix and shit on this podcast. Are you a uh, Netflixer or a uh, do you do it? You watch any sort of programs? I am. I'm watching Selena uh, second season uh, right now. I'm on episode five. No wonder I saw that. I saw something about Selena. I thought it was the movie, but I guess there's a series on no, it. No, this series, it's so good. The movie doesn't even begin to really talk about anything. Like, there's so much more that is, the movie doesn't, I, don't, I, haven't, I mean, I haven't seen the movie in years, but I don't remember this much detail. It really glossed over, like, all kinds of stuff. Um, so, yeah, I've been watching Selena, and then I, because, um, I got into this Kate Winslet thing. Oh, because I watched <laughs> because I watched Ammonite. She, she's not playing Selena, is really she? Hot like fucking <laughs> period piece movie. And so I got into this Kate Winslet thing and was like, okay, so I opened my HBO subscription back up and I've been watching Mayor of East Town. And I like that a lot. I don't know what that is. Is, that a, is Kate Winslet in that? Yes. And <laughs> um Yep, and so that's, it's a kind of like detective. She's like a Philadelphia or some small town Pennsylvania detective. And it's like all kinds of kids are getting killed and shit. <laughs> yeah, she's Sounds got to great. Who, I'm in. Who did it? Yeah. <laughs> I need to waste another week of my life. What's the, like, cool. Sound, oh, it's on HBO though, right? Not Netflix. Okay, yeah. I can't do it. Okay. Uh, yeah. Dodged a bullet. So, Marybeast Town, Selena, and then just, you know, Seinfeld, Golden Girls. Ah, oh, Seinfeld's so great. That never gets old. I always still just put on Seinfeld episodes. Golden Girls, though. Wow. Look at you. Yeah. You, just you bringing up the blue. crew. Dorothy and Blanche and Rose and so you know yeah, all of them. <laughs> you got to get Hulu, but it, you can get that $1.99 subscription. So, that's what I have. If they, As soon as they... Up that, then I'll turn that Hulu off. Mm. Yeah, Hulu used to be I... free, but but so is that regular Hulu or like then the like Hulu Prime or something or, or I just remember I... a long time ago it was free or some of it was. It's not free anymore, but they do have that dollar ninety nine subscription, so that's great because I I really don't have the energy to take on new stuff. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm only taking Mayor of East Town on because you know. I got turned on by the Kate Winslet sex scene in Ammonite. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I have to watch Kate Winslet now. <laughs> Wait, what's that movie called? You said Kate Winslet sex scene, and suddenly I'm paying attention. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, Ammonite. Ammonite, okay. You know what's so weird is I, it's funny you bring her up because I, I can't remember where, just on TV, I don't remember. Recently, I could, this morning I saw something about Kate Winslet's daughter or something doing something. It could be so wrong. I mean, maybe I just dreaming about Kate Winslet and her children. But like, it's uh, 
which would make more sense post this podcast. It doesn't really make sense. But, like, I'm going, it's just weird. Like, I'm seeing all these actors, right, and actresses that we've kind of grown up with. And that now it's like, oh, their kid just won an award for so-and-so and so-and-so's teen. My, I feel like it was her, and it was, like, her teenage daughter. No, I, I can't even get them straight anymore. You know who I'm thinking of, dude? It's like, remember Matt Penfield? Isn't that a random one? Matt Penfield from MTV was like a DJ on MTV years ago. And um, no. anyway, for, so for some <laughs> reason, like, I came across him. I follow him on, on Instagram, right? And I see his stuff, and he was like, so proud of my daughter who's blotty blah And it's just, it's just weird. Like, everyone's just like, look at my teenage daughter and her acting career, you know? <laughs> So Kate Winslet's got a teenage daughter. I'm just going to roll with it. I think it's accurate. Who cares? She's got kids, for sure. Yeah, yeah. No, I liked... Uh, what are some good Kate Winslet movies? I, she was in Eternal Sunshine, which was cool. Which I haven't seen. Yeah. I, like, I, like, I really like that guy, Charlie Kaufman. Have you seen any of his other movies, like Being John Malkovich or Adaptation? Yeah, 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 yeah. I like I that, lo- yeah. I love Adaptation. Like, such a good movie. Um, a lot great. of good things about that one. Nicholas Cage's best work by far. I've also heard that. <laughs> and which, in, in which movie was he in? Adaptation. The one with Meryl Streep and Chris Cooper. And uh, he was the main dude. Oh, yeah. He's the, the writer that can't the write. Writer. Yeah, exactly. I forgot that he was the writer that and can't write. And he plays his like, twin brother. Because it's so out of character for Nicholas Cage. He's usually like the, the hero whatever guy, right? In this one, he's just like, he's got his like, Rizzy little hair, he's going bald, and he's all neurotic and shit. It's hilarious. Like, it's great. I think the acting in that movie's great, and it's a great script, and I, I love everything about that movie. But, um, yeah, Eternal Sunshine. It's another weird movie, but, you know, she's in that. Yeah, and if you got a thing for her, she's pretty cute in that one, so just FYI. You know. <laughs> I think she's younger than me, too, which is so weird, because really she's older than me in terms weird. of, like, maturity. <laughs> I don't. I, I. don't know. I know those two. I know that in Titanic. That's the extent of. Yeah, that's the only one I know. Um. Yeah. That, I don't know. Yeah. I watched. I. I tried to watch some other ones, because there was. Yeah, and they weren't good. Like. <laughs> All of our other movies um, suck. Is she in a Steven Seagal <laughs> movie by chance? Oh man. Yeah. Oh man. I. <laughs> whew, yeah. I just got. I just got back from some. Uh, I was out in uh, San Francisco with my fiance, and we enjoy bad movies, but it just got taken to another level. And it was we we agreed we had to stop watching bad movies for a while. We saw some of the worst movies of all time, and it was, just, it was why. Why did you go to San Francisco? My fiance's out there. Oh, are you going to move there? Um, kind of, kind of, sort of. I mean, I'm trying to like balance act things between here and there now, but I am planning on. Um, being out there more so yeah that's what i was saying like about being out in the west coast earlier like i really you know we were talking about this before you know before you came on just about i'd love to try to i've met a lot of cool bands and people out there too you know and just try to put some things together out there but that then it comes back to what we were also talking about like will people come (laughs) do people do people go see shows i don't know there's i mean there's a lot of beautiful that my friend Clementine, that's where she lives. But we made this. So I used oh, to really? have you been there a lot. Have yeah. you played there a lot? Um, yeah. Uh, um, I, I feel like it's a really difficult town. In fact, that's where I got that gig opening for Brody Dolly was, uh, you know, where I got to play in front of a 
sold out crowd with my original band. Um, we played at Slim's, which is yes. closed now. Slim's is yeah. the place. It's so cool. Yeah, it but it's closed now. Yeah, it sucks. It's gone. Um, but they do have a lot of really beautiful venues there in San Francisco. I I feel like their you know music scene is it's just another. I feel like it's a very impossible place. I, yeah. But you know, I don't know. You know what I mean? It, it, I, you know, so uh, I think it's a great place for big shows or mid 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 size shows. Which, yeah, I mean, um, that's my thing nowadays is like, I'm not even going to try to go do that whole thing. Been there, done that. And it's like, you know, but I like trying to put together bills and then, you know, getting to know the acts in the area and stuff like that. Like you said, just going out and seeing stuff and, you know, getting to know who's around, what's going on. So um, I'm yeah. sure nothing's what it used to be. Right. I mean, every city seemed to have its glory days. Like who's having its glory days now? DJs across the the planet <laughs> i don't know you know i don't know i i don't know i'm always interested in hearing about you know different places and and you know what where i still have never been to a city that's as social as this city even though we complain about earlier about why are so many people moving here and it's the same amount of people in the clubs as it was when I, you know back in 2002 but still I haven't found a better music. It is a great city. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Like Austin's pretty badass. <laughs> um, but uh, oh shit! No, I forgot. I was gonna say. Um, oh, I know what it was. I like to ask people that have toured. Like, what are some of your like bringing up Slims, right? Like, what are some venues that you played across the country that are were some of your favorites, iconic places, or just really cool, great experiences? Any, uh, for Hell's Bells. We used to play um, this place in Santa Cruz called. Uh, <laughs> fuck! I, it's really big. You really it's love really that big. place, I see. <laughs> <laughs> it's unforgettable. It was, it was bowling alley, uh, but it, but they have a big stage. What is it? Catalyst. We used to play the Catalyst. Sort of like and, contact someone in Santa Cruz. Or just go to Santa Cruz and be like, yeah, I heard there's like really cool place near a bowling alley here. Can you tell me like where that venue is? <laughs> anyway, it's called The Catalyst. It used to be old. Catalyst. Um, yeah, and then, okay, so, um, well, Washington, Seattle, the old, sh the original show box. I don't know if it's there anymore, the one in the market. That's a beautiful venue. It's the perfect size. It's not too big. It's when not you too say small. in the market, like with the pier and all that? Uh, yeah, like Pike Place. Pike, Pike, what is that called? Pike's? Uh, Pike Place Market. Pike Place. Pike Place, yeah. Wow, cool. Yep, there's that. Um, let's see. Do, do, do. Uh, oh, no. Oh, no. What's your favorite uh, place to play here? Do you have a favorite place? Well, um. Right where you're I, sitting right now? <laughs> yeah, my favorite place to play right here. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite place to play is Casa de Connor. Yeah, no, I like one to one bar a lot. Uh, the, a you know, place. Kurt does amazing sound over there, yeah. and, and you, you know, they treat the bands with dignity, and <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, um, and I love, you know, the Saxon. Hell Styles actually played the Saxon. Fuck, you mean fuck? Oh, hold on, I gotta plug in. <laughs> Can you hear that? I heard Sorry. something. I was like, what is that? <laughs> it sounded profane. My computer's cussing me out. I, 
Um, I really like the Saxon too because Richard does the sound real good. Um, well, it's so iconic and cool. I've seen so many amazing bands there, and it's just so intimate. And it's really great to see like world class musicians play on that stage. It's awesome. Yeah. I'm glad that that. I'm glad that both Saxon was able to ride out the storm, and I guess they got some loan or funding, and people came yeah. through, right? Donors, and then one to one, right? They someone Somebody's else bought it, it, but Greg is still Greg, involved yeah. and all that. So that's great. Yeah. Yeah, um, I don't know what it's like with the new owners. Like, we did the live stream, and the new owners were there, you know, owning it and whatever. And that Kurt was still there, and that was fine. But I don't know what it's like right now. My favorite venues right now to go to in Austin are the Sagebrush. Oh, man, have you been there? No, oh, where is that? Oh, it's so cool. Um, it's, it's on Congress. Like, I think Stastny's the cross street. Oh, cool. Uh, okay, so. Yeah, so they, you know, cleared out this old pool hall, but they've made it so beautiful in there, and it really is just, I just love going to that venue. It's quite large. They have a, and then also, like, they have a big outside back thing, but um, the it's inside on, is big dance hall. It's on the, Congress? Yeah. The ceiling's raised. Uh, so when you walk in the bar... There's the bar, and then it's it's wood floor, and it's the ceiling's tight. But once you head towards the stage, then it opens up. They cleared out the 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 roof, so it's an open roof where you see the beams and stuff. And the way that they did the sides of the the bar, I mean the sides of the walls and stuff, it it's like a sunset, a, a mm. desert sunset. Oh wow! And so it's real pretty. And uh, so I love going to that venue and also i really love the far out lounge which is just further down on congress that is a badass venue i feel like i've been it's hearing great. that name a lot but I haven't been there so where's that it's like so further good. south yeah further south and um and I, it's cross street it by it's past slaughter i mean oh uh you know geez. what i mean it's, it's yeah yeah i think you okay. even you exit right before i think it's before slaughter but anyway, that also is a really fun venue, and that's pretty much an outdoor venue with a covered stage. And um, they just have a bunch of trailers. The, the bar is just like a trailer. Trailers. Oh, like yeah. wait, like food trailers or like food trailers and like and like um, store type vendors. But it's like a big. But there's a big outdoor stage there. Mm -hmm, yeah. And it's covered, and they have like a cover, but there's even like a the backyard is huge beyond that. And it's oh. really neat. Yeah, it's just right like, behind the uh, that HEB, that big HEB there, just a little north of that. Which is all the way down. Wait, are you talking about all the way down to Buda, basically? No, no, Slaughter and um, Congress. There's an HEB there? There's mm -hmm. a Walmart Slaughter and 35, there. yeah. Like on the other side of Slaughter, north side. Oh, is it on the east or the, or the west? No, but it's on Congress, you said. It's on yeah. Congress, yeah. Yeah, it's brand. I mean, it's brand new. So. Brand new. Yeah. Interesting. There used to be a place, maybe it's still there, called, I think it was called, Red, not Red's, but like Red Porch or Red's Door. No, sorry, I'm not, not that place that's on, not that restaurant place that closed down, but there was something down in that area. I, it used to be something else. I played like a biker rally there like 15 years ago or something, but like... Uh, there was, I, I wonder if one of these venues turned into that. Not this one, I guess. What was the other one you said? Sage? 
Sagebrush. I wonder if that's what that used to be, possibly. But I that place used to be. They have pictures of it still, and the guy that owned it, and it was like an old run-down pool hall. Oh, you said it was a pool hall, right? Um, yeah, and like lots of prostitution and drugs, and like they they like gutted the it. What and, a shame. No. <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, anyway. Those Somewhere there's days. somebody like, oh, the good old days in South Congress. <laughs> <laughs> no drugs and prostitution down here anymore. It just ain't the same as good old Austin. <laughs> <laughs> when I moved here, there were still prostitutes on South Congress, right at Woodward and Congress. Damn. So I, I used to live there. I mean, when did you move here? Oh, two. Wow. So, yeah, I moved here in 2004. Four and then I live. Let's see. Where'd you come from? Uh, I'd rather not say. Pittsburgh, Seattle. I wish I was from Seattle. No, I was born in San Antonio, and then I lived in College Station, and then I moved around a little back to San Antonio. Went to LA for a minute, and then came back. And so, um, anyway, the um, on that. I was at Cong- basically at Congress and William Cannon, and my fucking car got broken into like twice. And someone tried to break into my apartment. Like, it was just a shitty area to live, man. Yeah. Oh my God. My Rottweil. Dude, you remember Hoist? Yeah. Yep. He was a badass, man. I had this old, like, just old dog that would not get up for anything. Like, even if a cat was outside, <laughs> he'd be like, roof, whatever. <laughs> but, like, someone had been jacking with our like sliding door on this apartment one time and I, I came home and he was like he had moved like the futon and he was all aggressive like barking and knocking like shit over and <coughs> I was like hell yeah dude like that's because he's like a, a, was like a, the sweetest like rot shepherd you'd ever meet but I'm sure when he poked his head out like whoever was jacking with my door was like oh shit <laughs> that was that was Hoist's big glory moment saving the day but yeah <laughs> I'm sorry you're like dying over there and we're just like making you talk. It's probably not the ideal time for a podcast. <laughs> it comes and goes. The cough, I don't know. But it changed my taste buds, the COVID. Yeah, what's up with that? Because you said we had a guy on here uh, a couple of weeks or whatever ago and uh, he was he still has not recovered uh, since of smell and he got COVID like a year ago. Like, so what's going on with your smell and taste buds? I smell that. Okay, so there's so. that. <laughs> uh, but everything tastes salty. Too salty. <clears throat> and it's cereal tastes good, but... Salty cereal? Salty cereal. Cereal tastes like doesn't taste salty. But, but like, you know, anything that I order, you know, from a restaurant, it's gross. It's too, too salty. salty. Yeah, too salty is like, I mean, I like, I like soy sauce on like everything. Not everything, but I like that salty sodium flavor. I wonder if I, my taste buds got affected to where they actually thought things were more salty. Like maybe I would, not, I would eat less salt. I don't know. I went to COVID, like, but I'm just saying. Like I went to Chipotle and tried to get a burrito and I couldn't eat it because it was too salty. And I always thought before, I'm like, oh, they're kind of bland. <laughs> I was like, now I'm, I'm like, oh my God, this is like all sodium. Like, I want to just start, I want to know what your, um, can you start posting what your your food outing schedule is so I can just show up and take the food that you can't eat? <laughs> like, oh, you're, there's a, I noticed there's a whole burrito just sitting there that you're about to throw in the trash. 
Yeah, I had to. I hate it. I, I normally cook everything here, but when you're sick, you know, you're tired, and yeah, it's like, yeah. and so I have friends bring me stuff, and I end up having to throw it away because it tastes, you know, tastes bad. Like, then I can't eat this. Well, before that happened, and hopefully that is not something that will last very long, but what, food-wise, do you have any favorite uh, cuisine or any thing that you, you will not eat? Are you a picky eater, open-ended eater? Most touring musicians don't have the luxury of being picky eaters, <laughs> right? Right. No, I eat, I eat meat now. I used to not eat meat, but now I eat meat, and uh, I love kale. I love the kale. I make an excellent. I love kale's not bad. Um, I mean, it can be really good with certain. My problem, I remember I bought this huge bag of kale and then it just sat in the refrigerator and rotted. And I'm like, I just got to be careful with that kind of stuff. Like, if you buy that kind of produce, you got to like eat it right away. You can't buy like tasty stuff because <laughs> you're going to eat well, all that. Well, kale food. has a good shelf life, but you got to have, if you buy kale, you got to also buy citrus because you got to get the um, yucky vegetable taste out of it with the citrus. Yeah, it's kind That's, of dirty. Yeah. You can't just have kale. Like, unless you, I mean, unless you have a really good uh, salad dressing, like HEB makes a really good citrus salad dressing. Um, only they make it. It's called, like, orange sesame or something. I don't know. It's so good. And you can just put that on kale and, and get some dried fruit. And that's a really yummy salad. But other than that, if you're going to, you know, cook it, then you want to put some uh, citrus over that to take out the vegetable taste. Pretty much any time I cook vegetables, I always put citrus over them to take out the vegetable. Interesting. Yeah, I, I love, uh, I make, like, making stir fry and stuff like that. And I always put a bunch of lemon and stuff in yeah. there. Yeah. I just love chopping vegetables and putting them in, like, sauteing vegetables, I think, is, like, one of, like, the most relaxing, enjoyable things ever, and just—it's very. When you make it your takes stir a long time to do, but I, I like it. When you make your stir fry, do you just use the soy sauce? Yeah, it's just like some chicken and soy sauce, and that's it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's I do the same thing. Um, uh, except you know the lemon, of course, over, and then the soy sauce and the sesame oil, but. Yeah, how do they make? I always wonder how they get that really yummy, like kung pao sauce flavor. I don't know, like yeah, because I, I, I mean, mean I'll just mix up all kinds of stuff. I even put a little peanut, in, you know, like peanuts in there, and then uh, you know, different various spices. But I put definitely soy sauce on anything Asian related. I will kill myself eating sushi because I, I have to have like just dice it and soy sauce and wasabi. Like, I'll make it a miserable experience, but I love it. Like. I don't know what it is with that. What about spice? Are you do you, do you do spices? Yeah, I like spice. I like wasabi. But Favorite I don't like food? it with sushi. What? Favorite? You don't like it with sushi. What else do you eat wasabi? No, with? I said I don't. I don't like inland sushi. <laughs> oh, inland sushi. Yeah, I don't. Well, yeah. you know, I don't. I'll eat H-E-B sushi. It's fine. But like, sushi to me is like barbecue. It's like so many people will be like, oh, this place the best barbecue, barbecue bar, and then you go eat it and you're like. I mean, it's good. It's, you know, and I feel like there's a lot of sushi. Like, oh, this is good. I'm eating sushi. But when you have really good barbecue or really good sushi, like that's a next level jump where you're just like, ooh, like this is what it is supposed. Like, if I if 
don't tell me this barbecue is amazing if like when I take it doesn't melt in my mouth and make me like have a religious experience like that's when it's badass barbecue you know yeah. what I'm saying I went off on a barbecue tangent there but I agree <laughs> like I, I can eat like whatever sushi but if you're like having like a lot of times you pay a lot of money for sushi so it better be freaking good sushi yeah somebody took me to Rant Uchi over. one time and that was good that oh. was delicious sushi oh I, yeah Uchi Uchi, Uchi costs like Uchi's great when someone else is paying. And every time yeah, I've that's how Uchi, I got to go. Yeah, every time I've been to Uchi, like someone's like, it's on me. I ha- I work in tech. And I'm like, I great, thanks. I don't. So th- I appreciate it. You know? It's like it's like four hundred dollars of, of you know, whatever, but it's amazing. You can trust them though. I mean they they'd be making no, they do Yeah. Well, um yeah, I mean so well I'll is there a spoiled factor to coming from Seattle when it comes to things like not that Seattle's world renowned for sushi, maybe, but like fish and stuff like that. And you just come to Texas. You're like, uh, no, I'm not eating your lobster here. No gulf oysters. <laughs> yeah. Although, you know, I have eaten at Eddie V's and had nice stuff, but hmm. yeah, it's not. Do you find like, that the red lobster to actually have authentic seafood? <laughs> <laughs> I used to try that I, when I first moved here. I'd get so hard up. But, you know, that, those cheese biscuits are so good. Man, that's what they do. That's how, that's how those Darden restaurants get you. They got the cheese biscuits, and Olive Garden has the breadsticks. They just lure you in. Yeah. I bet I can't go there now, though, after the COVID with my weird taste buds. It probably tastes all salty now. Overly salted cheese biscuits. Man, this is making me want Red Lobster. I've never... I have no sense of culture. Even when I've gone, been to nice places at this point in my life, I'm still like, man, I want Red Lobster. I don't eat fast food, though, very much, except for, like, Whataburger. When you go to San Francisco, what part of town are you mainly in? Well, this is a funny thing. And you, since you know San Francisco, you'll get it. Like, because last time we were talking about it and someone was like, oh, where's your fiancé from? Where does she move? And, like, and she used to live here. A lot of people know her. And I, I was like, oh, Pack Heights. She does not live in Pack Heights. Like, she's like, no, no, it's like lower Pack Heights. She's like, that's totally different. Because so we actually walk through Pacific Heights, and it's like fucking mansions, like crazy, crazy rich shit. And I was like, whoa, okay, I see why you, no, no, no I don't live in a mansion in Pack Heights. But like in that area, kind of, so it's, it's not too far from downtown, the, you know. It's, what's the main street? Geary. It's close to oh, the Tenderloin, not like super close but in that area you know where the tenderloin is okay Um, so um san francisco has some excellent restaurants that make salmon like the best like better than seattle like the best they do this thing i don't know it's like a flash fry thing but san francisco makes salmon better than any other city (laughs) is this uh and you, you don't know the name of this place though do you I do. Uh, maybe. Um, I'm pretty sure it's kind of close to North Beach because that's where I would go a lot. Um, and it's one of those, you know, it's just one of those little tiny bars mm-hmm. that has a late night menu. Oh, even and, better. And, wow. Yeah. And they you have damn excellent food. I feel like it, there is it. I, I can't remember if the water's close or not. It, I mean, kind of always is because it's that square. I, yeah. <laughs> so the water is kind of like. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I feel like it was like the coach house or something like that. It's got a little like coach house light. 
on the outside. Okay. And yeah, it's just one of those old places, tiny on the inside, bar, real upscale and dark, you know, wood. And man, they make the best like salmon. And I've found that a lot of those types of restaurants there make salmon that way. They make it so it's like crispy on the outside and juicy on the inside and not overdone and dry and so good. Like Seattle, they fuck up salmon so often. <laughs> That's unacceptable for that culture. It's what, what's know. going on up there? I didn't know until I started going to San Francisco. And I was like, oh, Seattle does this all fucking wrong. Well, San Francisco's known for, like, cuisine. I mean, I, a lot, who isn't known for cuisine, right? I mean, a lot of people are, I guess, right? But San Francisco is definitely kind of a foodie town, is it not? I think so. Vic? I think so. I think a lot of people think it is because the, um, the thing that really is there is the produce is so incredibly fresh. And so I think a lot of people get confused about the quality of food there um, you, I just had the, fried chicken out there that would blow your fucking mind I couldn't believe better it better than Lucy's huh better than Lucy's here yeah I don't know Lucy I mean I know I, I should go try Lucy's fried chicken now <laughs> Adrian's like how dare you sir <laughs> how dare you call yourself an Austinite? No, I, I, I will, I will, because I'm like on a fried chicken kick right now. They had these things, so so there was fri fried chicken, mac and cheese, you know, biscuits and beignets, right? And they had a beignet that they had different flavors, but that one of them was a crawfish beignet. Wow, just wow. I'm not really a crawfish guy either. I don't really like picking up. You know, Mud bugs. Ocean, ocean roaches and like eating their innards. <laughs> like the whole crawfish boy, whenever someone does that, like I'm all about like the sausage and corn and potato. All the other things are delicious. Yeah, same here. Crawfish is not my thing. But man, this beignet was incredible. I don't know the name of the place. I'm like Adrian. <laughs> but like it's, uh, <laughs> it's really, really good. So yeah, if we're ever out in San Francisco at the same time, we can tell, tell each other up all the great restaurants we should go to, but we don't remember what they're called. I, I just. <laughs> Pasted a restaurant link in the chat, but uh, that's that's the one I would go to whenever I in San Francisco. In San Francisco, yeah, it's like one of those little bitty restaurants, in North Beach, right? That it's, it's kind of like a like a little fishmonger market type, but really small on the yeah. inside. Old Italian, you know, seafood restaurant. Nice. Excellent. Where is this chat at? Um, on the right hand side. Up, upper right. Upper right. Oh, I see. There was something covering it. Ah. So, Sotomare. Okay, yeah, I ate it. Uh, and, but you said that's right on the coast, Vic, or where is that? Yeah, it's in North Beach. I think I've been to this one. The uh, the scallops and prawns are excellent. Yeah, I went to a place that we had a like an octopus no oh no oh. I no it was like uh i know what it was it was uh Chibino. it was a sicilian place and they had this they had like the ink the octopus ink pasta sauce oh yeah i've seen that it's pretty interesting yeah um and this has made me think of something oh are you a korean barbecue fan uh-uh god i love korean barbecue Vic, if we if you come out to if we end up figuring out how to do, we want to like go to the we have this like 
really ambitious idea of like going to a NAM show with the podcast and like somehow that's magically logistically that makes no sense and here's why first of all what are we going to do walk up to like famous people and be like can we get have do an interview right now okay that's that's already far-fetched but maybe we could get some interviews but then i started thinking about it we, we couldn't possibly interview any in nam show it's too loud it's way too loud have you ever been to a nam show like just like i mean it's like a bill you know like ninety thousand people playing instruments at the same time <laughs> it's like one big guitar center right the worst is when, like, you go in through the drum section. Everyone's just, just drums and drum, every brand and company, and cymbals. But the worst is the horns. Like, when you get in that wary where all the brass, and you're just walking through the eye, and then it's like, oh, just surrounded like, all these people with freaking saxophones. I, I, I would imagine all the guitar players are playing Crash Into You by Dave Matthews. <laughs> Trying to that's mack a, on. That's a, that's a perverse thought. Dude. I know. For, it's like, fortunately, I have not has not been my Nam show experience. It's like um, a big guitar center. Everybody's trying to mack on girls over there. No, playing no, because these guys can actually play. <laughs> Most of, I think these are actually legit. I love going up in the piano room and you look at these, you know, insane, you know, beautiful pianos, and and then I, I play like three notes and then hear someone else play, you know, Chopin, and I stop and just go, wow, these people are really good. No, that's pretty cool. But I don't know what made me think of that. I don't know how I jumped from food to there. Yeah, Korean barbecue to Nam. Okay. That's what it was. Because I, now, thank you, Vic. Because if we go, if you ever go out there, anybody who goes to LA with, with me, like, you will be forced to eat Korean barbecue because that has just become a tradition. It's amazing and delicious. You will smell horrible when you're done. But it's so worth it. Because, you know, they just, you order all these different things and they just, all yeah. these different sides and they just bring out the meat and just kind of cook it right there. It's just. Okay. Yeah, I. There's a place in San Francisco, a Korean barbecue restaurant that I've been to, and I can't remember the name of the restaurant. I remember the <laughs> bar. Bar for the course. That it was across the street from. But there anyway. Bowling I, alley. Yeah, there's a bowling alley. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, at one time I thought about moving there for work, but um, I just couldn't do it. It's too expensive. But uh, anyway, I was like, man, I, I, I'm going to miss Texas barbecue and some dude that lived there was like, "Whoa, we got we got barbecue here." I'm like, "Dude, no." Oh no, no. no. no I gotta say, when it comes to things like barbecue, like there's probably one really good barbecue place in San Francisco. I was I had my mind blown last couple of years ago toward, when we did an East Coast tour at the Invincible Czars and stopped at a place in Alabama, like near Mobile, Alabama. Fairview, I think, was some of the best barbecue I've ever had. Like I was just like, "Holy shit!" So it can be anywhere, right? Like, but. Yeah, you don't go to San Francisco going like I really want good barbecue or I really want Mexican food. Like I ate Mexican food play uh, one Mexican food place and it was atrocious. Just I've atrocious. had Mexican food in Alabama, in Birmingham. That sound like it'd be particularly wonderful either. Actually, it wasn't bad. It's like pretty hard to fuck That's up Mexican weird. food. That's one reason I love it. Uh, like, oh, I don't know. Well, I, I have to disagree there. Well, what are we? Are we talking Tex-Mex or are we talking authentic? Because everyone's going to screw up authentic. Tex-Mex though. No, you can screw up Tex-Mex. How do you screw up Tex-Mex? By not being Mexican. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not Mexican. I feel like I could do good Tex-Mex. I mean, I say that. I haven't tried it, but I feel pretty confident I could do good with it. I don't know, man. I've, I've look been at, to some... Look at Adrian's yawn. It's just like that is the biggest yawn. Right? Like, this is the most boring conversation ever, and she's like basically saying, I really want to get off your fucking podcast right now. <laughs> Thanks, 
these guys. I know a whole bunch of places in San Francisco that not that none of us know the names of. This was productive. <laughs> uh, I keep forgetting what I'm going to say. Lucky for you. <laughs> so, I think. What, hey, remember though, we did say like we were going to try to make this short, and we've already gone an hour and a half. But for our standards, this is actually pretty short. What do people really need to know about you? Is there anything in this extremely amazing, informative podcast that we have not discussed? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Oh, I, I think. Hey, sorry, I'm interrupting you. Oh, do yeah. you like this weather? When I love San, look, look I'm going to rant, not too much, but I'm going to rant. When I was in San Francisco, all we did was talk shit about Austin because it's so beautiful. I love cool, cold, you know, I hate really hot weather, first of all. And so we're out there, and it's, like, beautiful. And, and then I, I come back to Austin, the flight lands, and I had to, like, check my guitar. And so it's, like, and then for some reason, something was late, and people, this lady was, like, real apologetic, like, oh, I'm going to run down here and get it. And you go, so it was me and these two girls just, like, standing in the terminal, right? And I was, like, um, oh, are y'all, are y'all from here or San Francisco? I'm like, oh, we're from here. And I was like, oh, and, I, and then you already know how hot, like, how hot it is or whatever. And, like, I guess I made it sound derogatory. And they were just like, we love that. And I was just like, oh, <laughs> no way. <laughs> do you like the heat or do you like Seattle-type weather? I prefer the heat, but I also don't work in the heat. So oh, it would be a go. different story if I had to be out in it working. So, yeah, I love it when it's warm. And I, it's been surprisingly mild well, it's actually been really nice the yeah. last few days. Yeah. I've been back. It has been really nice. Yeah. Like um, 90s oof, or even 80s. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I like it when I can don't have to be out in it. You know what I mean? And I can just go, you know, do my thing in the morning and then hide out from 2 to 7 and go out, back out. I love the hot nights here. I just love hot nights. That's real magical to me because, you know, Seattle's always cold. Mm. And I get tired of being cold. But, it does um, make sense when you're from somewhere else and then you're like, that's what you've experienced. You're like, Because I know a guy, I have a student from like Minnesota or something. He's just like, oh, I love it. Because <laughs> he grew up in the tundra. I'm like, well, okay, I get that. But I've been yeah. here most of my life and I'm just like, for God's sake, you know. Yeah, so. he, that makes sense. But San Francisco has interesting weather where it's like warm in the morning and at 5 o'clock it gets fucking cold because the fog rolls in. And then... The nighttime, it's pretty much cold. Um, but yeah, the morning is warm from like 9 to. Is it? Yeah. Vic, pretty is much that like 9 to. Yep, yep. Yeah. Like the morning is warm and then 5 o'clock, 4 30, it's fucking cold. Yeah. And like July fucking that. sucks in San Francisco. <laughs> For, What's that? A I summer? Like, what yeah. the fuck? I thought this was summer! It's I think that's why I like it because I've I've had these summers my whole life and I'm like ah get me away for just one summer. Yeah, like their July fucking blows. I don't like their July. It's like this is fucked. But their September's hot. September's hot everywhere, right? It's just an awful month. We should just get rid of September. Nobody likes <laughs> no, that's September. That's cold. Yeah. <laughs> but okay. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, sorry, I'm always making new music and I'm always coming out with new music and. Um, so I'm always making new music. So I guess I'm going to make another single, come out with another single pretty soon. I just haven't decided when, but, but I've got a couple of new songs coming out, coming up more shit. I think we should collaborate on a song about fine salmon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
cold summer nights. I <laughs> <laughs> salmon and cold summer nights. There you go. All I right, just cool. gave you the title for your next single. You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks. People are going to be like, what the fuck is this, Adrian? Where did this come from? <laughs> cool. So uh, now, .com, adrianconnor.com. It's got all your social media links, all your stuff, uh, all the yeah. uh, all the happenings and the live stream thing is that consistent that you do that do you have a set time weekly or something that you do that what's the deal with that i'm gonna keep my wednesdays at nine i'll keep that going um i might and then uh if i do anything else it'll be like fridays at seven thirty. with sometimes with the band um and uh but I, i'm gonna consistently do wednesdays at nine i'm gonna keep that going cool and anything coming up, like actual shows uh, and venues, are you book starting to book and do that kind of stuff a little bit? Um, I, I'm playing a strange gig um, May 29th. We're at downtown um, Austin Alliance or downtown. Yeah, downtown Austin Alliance. They hire musicians to play like a couple hours, family friendly. So you're pretty much busking. Um, and that's on 2nd Avenue. So that's guaranteed money, so I'm going to go and do that on the 29th. But it's a really awkward situation. I pretty much set up behind this, like, rock, and I just play, and I don't even, like, like engage with people because it's not a stage situation. You know what I mean? It's like people are, like, shopping, they're doing whatever. Oh, you know what yeah, I mean? Kind of the it's a real thing. strange, yeah, thing, but it's great that I have two hours of family-friendly solo music yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, have, you done the, have you ever done the airport gig Played at the i airport? haven't it's really cool yeah i would yeah, that's a kind of a cool thing to do i had just done that before covid happened and then everything shut down they're just kind of ramping back up but i i enjoyed that and that was pretty cool and they so played pretty well you were patient zero that spread it around at the airport right that was me what's that <laughs> how do i get the contact info for the guy uh, shoot me a text and i'll send it over yeah, cool. this dude Michael, he's a cool guy, um, yeah. and uh, I think they're. It might be, it might take a bit, but if uh, if you can get something there, like, yeah, he's a cool dude, and I think. I heard that he's pretty good. It does. It's it's yeah, and it's like it's like you said, you know, you just just play your tunes. You just it's good practice. There's background people. Some people dig it and they'll tip and, you know, that kind of thing. But yeah, I dig it. Um, Cool, cool, cool. Well, I hope that, um, you know, we've been talking about, I've been wanting to get you on Skunk Fest, and it's a fucking shit show right now. I don't know. <laughs> I think right after I did a live stream like a week ago, I was like, all right, everybody, Skunk Fest is happening. And then like the day, the next day, it was like, oh, uh, we need to make some changes. So <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out. I, what are your Move thoughts? Move it to the like, fucking Far Out Lounge, man. I, hey, you know what? I might. I really. I. I just talked with Empire Control Room, and they don't have the date that I wanted available, the Saturday, which I think you're booked anyway. And then they were like, "Well, what about Sunday?" But I'm like, I don't know if Sunday. Would you do a Sunday? Would that even make sense at all? You know. Well, see, at the Far Out Lounge, that it could work. A Sunday could work because it's an outdoor like yeah. thing. It's like an outdoor. It's so cool. And I'm gonna I go check would be that out. I'm gonna roll over there and check that yeah. out. And yeah, because now that you're bringing up that, that's another thing is I'm, I'm just thinking of venues. I'm like, well, what venues do I even know? Like an Empire Control Room popped in my head. I was like, oh, that would be great. Because two stages, I feel like that's a great festival type venue. 
Then I was like Stubbs, but if they have national playing outside, it's not really a good because I'm talking. I'm not just talking about a few bands, right? I'm like talking about a it's whole, a lot. You know, yeah. eight, ten bands at least. And I Hit was even playing Lawrence. more. So what's that? Hit up Lawrence at Far Out Lounge. I've got I his will. email. He never answers it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Big surprise. It's like, the, it's like the Scout Bar in Houston. Have you ever played those that place? I love the Scout Bar. We played there. They loved us. We're like, oh, man, can you play tomorrow night? We're like, oh, wow, I don't think we can with no notice. But And then I was like, well, this is great. And then, like, you can never get a hold of anybody after. It doesn't matter, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll trade contact info, and then we can touch base and be like, yeah, I never heard back either. <laughs> I bet that, that that Lawrence would be interested in that because it's it's already a setup thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's I, not like he has to fucking put a bunch of bands to that's try right. to get. I bring the there. whole thing. Like I don't. You don't have to do. You don't have to do anything. You're just providing the venue. You know. So yeah. I may need to do that. I'm looking around and trying to think about what will actually work for this. And I don't want to move the weekend since I've already got two nights booked to come and take it live. You know, Thursday, Friday. So. I may even do something like, hell, a, a, a Saturday and a Sunday if I can and just split all these different bands that I have between those. Because it's they're more rock, blues, rock, family, free, you know, kind of it's not like a bunch of metal stuff. So I think it would work in that type of an environment. So, yeah, thanks. Um, we'll touch base and, and share contacts here after all this. And uh, yeah. that would be cool. I definitely want to go check that place out. Well, I think this was quite a productive podcast. Good. Thank you for coming on. Adrian. Awesome. Uh, oh, for hey. putting up with my bullshit. Yeah, get your shit together. Jeez. <laughs> you're like, you're like that's you're like Seattle salmon. Come on, man. You better. Seattle salmon. Up your game to San Francisco salmon, damn it. So we did this last podcast, I think, and of course we had just I had just ranted and it was all this big serious conversation, but then I was talking about Jerry Springer being the devil and all that. And then I, so I was like, hey, Vic, leave us with your final thought. And then Vic just dropped this, like, deep. It was awesome. So, Vic, I kind of want to do it again. Again? <laughs> Give us a final thought. Adrian Connor, everybody, it's been great talking to you. And now all the pressure is on Vic to say something genius. Genius. Oh, my gosh. Man. Oh, that was easy last week. I don't know. We're just kind of in the moment talking about stuff. Yeah. I see yeah. you up. Yeah. Um... Live music, man. What are your thoughts on all this? Live, you know, like, uh, what do you I, think's you gonna know, happen? I, I hope it comes back, and I hope people go out and watch it because, uh, you know, music's one of those things where if you're having a bad day, you go out and you have a couple of beers, take your mind off things, make some friends, enjoy a show. Life's good. That was deep. <laughs> there you have it. There, words of wisdom from Vic Ramos. I'm Skunk Manhattan, and the always lovely and always, well, and, and currently coughing Adrian Connor has been our guest tonight. Go uh, get some rest, eat some extremely bland food that'll probably taste not bland, and uh, we wish you well. I hope you feel better soon and everything gets back to normal. Thank you. Thanks for cool. having Thanks for joining us, and um, everybody, go check out Adrian Connor and her music, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks, Pull my hands together on my toes. Dirty hands and dirty nose. Boys are dumb. Don't get one. Makeup, sex, and power plays. Use your boots to get your way. Boys like this. I'm tired of it. Beards, man, bones, and facial hair. Scared of my head. Boys like this. Get the rest of it. Yeah,
Get 